Greetings, friends and brethren. This is Dr. Bob Teal, the Continuing Church of God. Today I'd like to talk about the Apostle Philip of Hierapolis. Philip was one of the original apostles. He's mentioned in all four of the Gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But it's in John's account that we read most about him. So I'd like to go over uh, some of what we can find in Scripture about this particular apostle, look at some writings or some things regarding uh, him that are not written in the Scripture, and hopefully get people who think they know about the apostles to understand that perhaps some of what they understand about the original apostles in Christianity isn't the same as what we see today. Now, first I'd like to go into the calling of Philip. This is going to be in John. I'm going to read from the first chapter, and I'm going to read a fair amount. I'm going to start in verse 35, because there's others who were called prior to, to Philip being called. And this will be from the New King James Version of the Bible. John 1, verse 35. Again, the next day John stood with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Now this is John the Baptist. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. And Jesus turned, and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say when translated teacher, Where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. That was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John the Baptist speak followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We found the Messiah, which is translated to Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated as stone or pebble. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. He found Philip and he said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the same city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him. He said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Now this particular account shows us that after Andrew heard John the Baptist, he told uh, his brother Peter about Jesus. The next day, Jesus found Philip and called him. It also shows that Philip immediately took steps and informed Nathanael, who became one of the uh, twelve apostles. He's also called Nathanael's also called uh, Bartholomew, in places such as Luke uh, six fourteen. Now, one interesting thing that I find about Philip is I'd like to call him the doubting Philip. Now, we've all heard about the doubting Thomas. That's the apostle uh, Thomas. Didn't believe Jesus was resurrected. You can read about that in John chapter 20. But in John chapter 6, starting in verse 4, we see that Philip had at least a doubt or two. So let's go there. I'll start reading here. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But he said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 
Two hundred denarii worth of bread isn't sufficient for them, that everyone may have a little. So we see some doubts from Philip here. Uh, you know, Jesus is speaking, and Philip's like, you know, you know, how can we do this? This is just not possible. We don't have enough money. We can't, it just really can't be done. Verse 8. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a lad who's got five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, the people then sat down, the number about 5,000. Jesus took the loaves, and with given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise the fish, as much as they wanted. So they were filled, he said to the disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who has come into the world. And truly it was. But, you know, Philip had doubts. Like, how, how could we possibly feed them all? Didn't consider that God could do a miracle you know, through Jesus. But perhaps partially because of his somewhat carnal thinking, maybe that miracle helped Philip realize that Jesus could do anything according to the will of the Father. But Philip still seemed to have some kind of doubts, in a, in a sense. Let's go to John chapter 14. Start reading with verse 8. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long you've not known me, Philip? Who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I don't speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. So like other disciples, you know, Philip had seen a lot, seen miracles, had a lot explained to him. But he still kind of has some doubts. Isn't that kind of like the rest of us today? Now Philip's mentioned in the book of Acts, well, the first chapter, Acts chapter 1, of course, starting verse 9. It's talking about Jesus. Now, when he'd spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. When they entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, John, and Andrew. Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. They are, these all continued in one accord with prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So Philip was with uh, Mary and others and the other disciples. And we find out that one of the things that Philip did, because he was with them, was keep the day of Pentecost. So chapter 2 of the book of Acts, starting in verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord, that includes Philip, in one place. And suddenly there came down from heaven a sound as of a rushing mighty wind, it filled the whole house while the, where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and each one sat on them. 
So if in the book of Acts, we see that Philip saw Jesus ascend to heaven. He spent some time with other uh, apostles in Jerusalem. And he received the Holy Spirit when he was gathered uh, with the apostles on the day of Pentecost. Now, there's other references to a Philip in the book of Acts, but they're not clearly the same Philip. There's a Philip in Acts 21.8, who's called an evangelist, not an apostle. And the Philip in Acts 8 is not believed to be the apostle Philip because he didn't apparently have the same power uh, the apostles in Acts 8 had. So there are apparently two Philips. So this is, uh, sometimes causes some confusion. Now, there's no direct reference to Philip outside of the Gospels in the book of Acts uh, in the Bible. Now, it's generally believed that Philip, along with the Apostle John, stayed in Jerusalem until somewhere between 67 and 70 A.D., uh, which is prior to, before it was destroyed. Basically, after the deaths of Peter and Paul, major uh, changes happened in Jerusalem and other places, and we believe, based on the records that we have, that Philip uh, settled in Asia Minor, probably around 67 A.D., no later than uh, 69 the Apostle John was in Ephesus, and he led uh, churches in Asia Minor from there. It's generally believed that uh, John and the remaining uh, apostles in the Jerusalem area, like Philip, put in charge a leader named Simeon, or Simon, who's believed to have uh, fled prior to 70 AD, uh, before Jerusalem was destroyed. It's been suggested that the Apostle Philip possibly ordained Joseph of Arimathea, you can read about in Matthew 27, etc., and sent him to the British Isles. But that's not certain. Now let me read something here. Legend records that Joseph was sent by Philip from Gaul to Britain along with the other 11 disciples in 63 A.D. Um, so that's a report. Whether it's accurate or not, we don't know. Uh, many believe that Apostle Philip knew and probably was involved in the ordination of Polycarp of Smyrna. So let me read something from a Catholic source. St. Polycarp, who was a disciple of the Apostle John himself, as well as an associate of the Apostle Philip. Now, the most reliable information we have about Philip outside the New Testament comes from a letter written by Polycrates of Ephesus. Now this was probably written between 190 and 195 AD. And Philip uh, is mentioned here, and this is a letter written by Polycrates to Victor, who is a uh, Greco-Roman bishop of Rome. Victor was not Church of God, but Polycrates was. So here's what he wrote regarding uh, the proper day of Passover. We observe the exact day, neither adding nor taking away. For in Asia, Asia Minor, also great lights have fallen asleep, which will rise again in the day of the Lord's coming. He shall come with glory from heaven, shall seek out all the saints. Among these are Philip, one of the twelve apostles, who fell asleep in Heropolis, and his two aged virgin daughters, and another daughter who lived in the Holy Spirit, and now rests at Ephesus. And moreover, John, who is both a witness and a teacher, also reclined upon the bosom of the Lord, being a priest, wore the 
sacerdotal plate. He fell asleep in Ephesus. And Polycarp of Smyrna, who's a bishop and martyr. Thracius, a bishop and martyr from Humania, who fell asleep in Smyrna. Why need I mention the bishop and martyr Sigeris, who fell asleep in Laodicea, or the blessed Papirius, or Melito, the eunuch, who lived altogether in the Holy Spirit and lies in Sardis, awaiting the episcopate from heaven? for when he will rise from the dead. All these observe the 14th day of Passover according to the gospel, deviating in no respect with following the rule of faith. I also, Plicrates, the least of all of you, do according to the tradition of my relatives, some of whom I follow closely. For seven of my relatives are bishops, and I am the eighth. And my relatives always observe the day which the people put away the leaven. I therefore, brethren, who lived 65 years in the Lord, and have met with brethren throughout the world, have gone through every holy scripture. I'm not frightened by terrifying words. For those greater than me have said, we ought to obey God rather than men. I can mention the bishops who are present, whom I summoned at your desire, whose names should I write them. We constitute a great multitude. And they, beholding my littleness, gave their consent to the letter, knowing that I did not bear my gray hairs in vain, but it always governed my life by the Lord Jesus. Well, from this account, by the way, we see that Philip must have been married. He had children, at least daughters who were faithful, and he kept Passover on the 14th, and apparently also days of leavened bread. It may be of interest to note that British Isles kept Passover on the 14th prior to the arrival of missionaries associated with the Church of Rome, according to uh, uh, the Venerable Bede, as he called. Uh, Roman Catholic tradition... Uh, possibly from their theologian uh, Hippolytus in the uh, third century. It may or not be valid, but here's something that uh, is attributed to him. Philip preached in Phrygia and was crucified in Heropolis with his head uh, downward at the time of Domitian and was buried there. Now they said Philip was martyred upside down and then when they were trying to kill him that he was still preaching. Now, as far as Heropolis goes, uh, my wife and I have been there. Uh, we've got a, a picture my wife took uh, from there. It's fairly close to Laodicea, so it's in Asia Minor, the area now known as Turkey. And um, they believe they found his tomb, but that his uh, remains were removed centuries ago. And let me read uh, something from the Catholic Encyclopedia about that. The remains of the Philip who was interred in Heropolis were later translated as those of the apostles to Constantinople and thence to the church at Dodici Apostoli in, in Rome. Now, when I was reading the letter from Polycrates, he mentioned Passover on the 14th and also mentioned that Philip died in Heropolis. I'd like to read something related to uh, Heropolis and a successor to Philip in that region. And this is from uh, Protestant scholars uh, Robertson Donaldson. Apollinaris was Bishop Heropolis on the Meander, and Lightfoot thinks this was, was probably with Melito and Polycrates, known to Polycarp and influenced by his uh, doctrine. Okay, well, we saw that. Polycrates and Melito and Polycarp all kept Passover on the 14th. And as did the Apostle John and Philip. Now, we do have something that 
Apollinaris wrote, and I'd like to read something that he wrote. There are then some who through ignorance raise doubts about these things, so their conduct is pardonable, for ignorance is no subject for blame. It rather needs further instruction. And say that on the fourteenth day the Lord ate the lamb with the disciples, and on that great day of the feast of eleven bread he himself suffered. They quote Matthew as speaking according to their view. Wherefore, their opinion is contrary to the law, and the Gospels seem to be at variance with them. The fourteenth day, the true Passover of the Lord, the great sacrifice, the Son of God instead of the Lamb, who was bound, who bound the strong, and who was judged, though judged of the living and the dead, who was delivered in the hands of sinners to be crucified, who was lifted up by the horns of the unicorn, who was pierced in his holy side, who poured forth from his side two purifying elements, water and blood, word and spirit, who was buried uh, on the day of the Passover, the stone being placed at the tomb. So what we see here is there was actually a controversy back then as Passover was supposed to be on the 14th or the 15th. And Apollinaris from Heropolis, the same place that Philip was from, said, no, Jesus uh, uh, was, was uh, buried at Passover, not the first day of unleavened bread, which some ignorantly have claimed. Now I find it's interesting that he said the ignorant needed further instruction. And that's kind of what Philip said to Nathaniel, you know, come and see. You know, believe me, it's just, it's just come and see. And um, I want to read one other thing from an Anglican scholar. It says, there's no doubt that Apollinarius was a quartodesman. Those who keep Passover in the evening understood it to be a repetition of the Lord's Supper. And if you look throughout uh, early Christian history, you'll find that early Christians kept Passover on the 14th. Now, if you're... Greco-Roman Protestant, you may not even heard of Passover as something Christians kept, uh, but they did. Uh, we have a book, we have a couple of booklets that may be of interest. Should you keep God's holy days or demonic holidays? Which goes to a bit more about the history of Passover amongst the other holy days, as well as a free book, the continuing history of the Church of God. Both of these books are available at the www.ccog.org website at ccog.org. We're under literature tab, and you can read this. And these are reference books. What I mean by that is not only to have scriptures, but historical references, because you can validate what we're saying here is true. As far as Philip goes, he was an original apostle. He was directly chosen by Jesus. He's believed to be a uh, faithful Christian, a leader, and a martyr. The fact that he had children and was married could show anyone who pay attention. Early Christians didn't believe that uh, the ministry couldn't be married, and they were obviously weren't practicing celibacy. The fact that he kept Passover on the 14th shows this is an original practice of the Christians. Jude wrote that we should contend earnestly for the faith once for all delivered to the saints, and Philip did that. And even one of his successors, as we see in the third, uh, late 2nd century, early 3rd century, uh, Apollinaris of Heropolis did as well. We in the continuing Church of God hold to the same original practices that the Apostle Philip had and what the historical practices of the true church were from the beginning. And again, we do have uh, free booklets on this. They're online. We don't ask for your email address or anything. But you can learn more about the history of the church, which includes people such as the Apostle Philip, which sadly, very few who profess Christianity follow his example when it comes to things such as the biblical holy days, but we in the continuing church of God still do.
This is Dr. Bob Teal for the Continuing Church of God.